You are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is the Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that, and like you, right now. So be encouraged. And let your light shine. How's your day? Yeah, your space heater stolen from you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They love to pilfer things from my office because I'm never there anymore. <laughs> That's mine. You, you need a doorbell ringer. Why don't you just have a lock? Every key is the same. Oh. Yes. That really does it right there. So, my drawers are locked. Oh, my God. I lock everything up that I don't walk out of there, but I didn't walk my space heater up. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I don't blame them. I'm really not there. <laughs> mm. I'm always cold. Chilly. He's always hot. Ross uh, uh, shares his king size bed with our 110 pound German Shepherd. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're not in there? Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just the two boys hanging out. <laughs> I have other tendencies in my sleep. So. Yeah, he, he smacks around in his sleep. Around. So. Sometimes I dive off the bed. <laughs> Is this something you knew when you were getting into marriage? No, it's something that happened about 10 years ago. His sleep pattern changed. So we went from a cuddler to a whapper. <laughs> it's like, I, I did okay. give her one wrestling move and I had her down there. <laughs> You're like, give her the work. Midnight nuggies. Yes. It's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm out of here. Go you have your own room. Yes. I have my own bed. It took us a while to get that, me especially, to go, ah. But she gets a better tight sleep and. I lay in one spot. Just, just sometimes. I'm, I'm, you I'm think noisy. You do. I'm just yeah. noisy. Just noisy, and that's not fair to her. So. Plus, we have very different ways we like to sleep. I like it quiet and dark. He wants the TV going the whole time, so he's in the bedroom with the TV on, and I've got the bedroom door shut, and it's quiet and dark, and we just sleep better that way. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things. It's a season the, I, you go I, through. I have the Ozzy and Harriet <laughs> syndrome. Shows my Are those the, the double twin bed? Double, double twin bed. I, yeah. I was going to say oh, Desi yeah. and Lucy. Yeah, it was, it yes. was, oh, yeah. The twin bed. It was like, yeah. you know, I'm going, what is it people going to think? I don't care what they think about that. They just don't want to beat up my wife. My <laughs> <laughs> wife appreciates it. This could be a real interesting <laughs> It's one of your secrets to successful marriage. <laughs> no, I love right? that. True. Yeah. When you get to that season, don't be afraid to but see, <laughs> so find good. separate rooms. Nobody didn't say anything about anybody commuting anywhere, that's for sure. You know what's funny is <laughs> we've talked to other couples like you, but other couples in the church who've we said, you know, we're in two different bedrooms. And they said, really? We've struggled with that. And we want to, but we're not sure that's good for our marriage. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful for your marriage. <laughs> <laughs> well, they say if you haven't slept well, if you don't get good sleep, you don't have anything. Health-wise goes, they say you can be eating well and feeling well, but if sleep's lacking... Huge difference. I put up with it for six years. And when I finally got my own bed and got a week of sleep, it was such a difference. Yeah. I actually felt like I could think. I mean, I just kept it my own way. (laughs) 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 Poor Shepard. He just. People were like, what's wrong with Kathy? Ron. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. It's Elizabeth. It's Catherine. 
And we are here with Mr. and Mrs. Ron and Kathy Myers. Welcome to the podcast studio. <laughs> Thanks. Very glad to be here. Ron and Kathy have been on our podcast before, so if you haven't listened to their individual podcasts, check them out. Kathy was season one, episode 20, and Ron was season one, episode 26. They've been married for 46 years. They claim six kids and nine grandkids. And they have been attending the Upper Room for the past 29 years. Ron used to be an elder here at the Upper Room. Kathy worked in the office. They've been heavily involved. Ron still works with our finances. And it's such a blessing to have them in the studio today to talk all about single beds and double rooms. (laughs) (laughs) Is that where we're going? (laughs) So tell us about your love story. How did you guys meet and fall in love? Oh my goodness, those are pretty simple. We're on a blind date. My uncle and her cousin uh, set up a blind date for us right around Christmas, well, just after Christmas. And um, I'd never been on a blind date before, so I didn't know what to expect. And here's here's Kathy. Yeah, it was um, it was a blind date from uh, yeah, it was not pleasant <laughs> because the cousin and the uncle went on the blind date with us. All they did was harass us and tease us the entire date. We really didn't get to know each other until our second date. Um, Which almost didn't happen. <laughs> well, you were interested enough to have a second date? Oh, yeah. He was a nice guy, and he was he was a gentleman, but he did kiss me on the first date. Oh. What was on that like? Date? On, on the, the blind, blind date, yes. Oh. Ron, but, moving uh, fast. <laughs> No, it wasn't that kind of kiss. Oh. It was it was one of those, I had a good time. Thank you. I hope to do this again. And then I'll give you a real good one. <laughs> no, it really, it was that way, you know. It wasn't that kind of kiss. It was one of those, hey, well, really good to meet you. Yeah, our second date, we went clubbing. Disco dancing was big, yeah. just so you know. <laughs> that was the generation. That's so fun. Yeah, so we went clubbing our second date. I think the date that we actually really decided we really liked each other was New Year's Eve. So we had three dates really close together. We met December and New Year's? December 28th. Then I think two nights later we went out clubbing. And then New Year's Eve I invited him to a party that we were having at family parties. So, so you met the family on the third date. Yeah, it was. Uh, we went to the shore. Her uncle had a place right on Chesapeake and uh, it was really great. it was neat so did you think on date three when you invited him to see the family that he was the one not quite it was probably maybe a month later mm-hmm. because I just broke up with somebody and I actually didn't want to get involved with someone but he changed my mind we were engaged by April and we were married by July yeah, blind dates do work, and quick marriages do work out. <laughs> well, and didn't you tell us on your podcast, Ron, that you were a Christian, mm-hmm. a born-again Christian at the time, and Kathy wasn't. Right. That's and true. so tell us that part of the story. As far as practicing, going to church and those type of things, when we were in Baltimore, that uh, we went to a, a denominational church, Presbyterian church together, but I wasn't close to the Lord at that at that time struggling with with several things and of course God changed a whole lot in a real fast period of time for us. Oh, were you already married at that time? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, during all that 
turmoil and stuff, we ended up in Pittsburgh. <laughs> so, you know, I sort of, it was sort of a, a trend. And if I look back, Kathy came along as, and I think she had it in her own DNA that's, that we're forever. There was a lot of times when she could have left me, but she didn't. And I think that's because that, that was in her that you know, we're going to do whatever necessary because I, I took her away from all her family. And uh, that wasn't an easy thing to do. We had to get a whole other set of friends. My parents were in there, but it was uh, it was a hard time just getting married, and especially a winter that was in 1977. The winter was the worst thing in the world, and I was working 80 hours a week and trying to keep things supported. And with Kath, dead fast the whole mm-hmm. time when she could have done something else. By January, I'd given my life to the Lord because I'd been cooped up in side the house all winter. There was nothing else to do but read and go to a glow meetings with mom. So mm. I think we caught up then spiritually by January. I was seeking with a hunger. He had transitioned back to a relationship with Jesus. We never actually looked back. I mean, no, we didn't. There was no wavering after that. It was just full steam ahead. This is kind of cool because last month I had 47 years with the Lord. That was kind of cool. A little anniversary. One of the neatest things in the world was, for me, watching Kathy bloom. I think my mom a lot for you know taking her under her hand because I was not doing exactly the best thing before I took her to this one church. And, man, it just raised the roof, you know. <laughs> and she She's swore. Like, Bye. Yeah, she said, uh, you take me back there again, I'll divorce you. <laughs> It was bad. They were swinging from the chandeliers. I mean, it was it was going from a very staid Presbyterian church to a Pentecostal. Ron was like, "Woohoo! This is fun!" Oh yes. yeah! It was. Oh, he was having a great time. It, it was. Oh, it was. It was, it was great fun. But uh, but we worked through that too. I had the privilege of praying for my wife to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It was uh, amazing. I see that in our own relationship, you know, over time. And you ask, you know, what, what's part of our story is, is God in the center all the time. Never fails, never uh, ceases to, he never ceases to amaze me. Our relationship's always been built on that. It's something cool to build on, you know. We've been building on it for 40-some years. Well, in those 46 years, <clears throat> what have you both learned about God in the midst of being married to each other? I guess... I can't imagine how you live without him because— Live without God? (laughs) Yes. I mean, my sisters are not Christians, and they call with all these anxieties and stuff, and I'll pray with them. And some of them are edging closer to that jump-off point, but I just can't imagine how they get through life without him because he's, like Ron said, the center of our relationship. He's the center of our family. When we have Christmas morning— we have our, our big breakfast, and there's at least 25 people trying to sit around a big counter and a table. And But before the chaos and before the gifts, we do some kind of dedication to the Lord. There's a story that I tell the grandkids. I find a different one every year. We try and do, you know, what are we actually celebrating? Whose birthday is it? You know, we're constantly pouring that into our family because it's just so much inside us that has to be the center of your life. It just has to. So that's what I learned. What you learned, dear? Well, I learned that when I mess up, he can fix it. And uh, sometimes when I, I deserve a whole lot less, he gives it. I've not been a perfect husband. I've been a good husband. 
I think. I think I've been a good dad. But I couldn't do any of that without the presence of the Lord. There's no way I could been working in my own business or coaching or doing all the things that I've done over time without him. And Kathy's always been in the central focus of my eye. Of course, talked about plucking the eye out this last week. Uh, but I, I've got to tell you, I, I've never really had to pluck my eye out because the most beautiful thing is right across from me, and it's Kathy. She's such on a high scale for me that way that I don't need to look anywhere else. And because of that, it, it, it's fun in our relationship. We have a good time. We really do. And Kathy always does some wild things at Christmas that she's not what you see right now, very calm. And so she's sneaky. And um, she, she is. You know, two Christmases ago, she hides marshmallows in, all, in the whole living room and everything else. We're all giving presents. And all of a sudden, I get beamed with a, with a marshmallow. Next thing you know, 25 people throwing bags of marshmallows all over the living room. But that's the other part of Kathy that some people don't know. But I find that awesome. <laughs> This is great. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's a wonderful thing to have that kind of involvement with one another. And Isn't it? It, it is. Oh, I mean, yeah. I was thinking about even just you saying that. I was thinking about this comment that Jonathan made last week. He said something like, "Here with Megan," or like at home, and you just saying, you know, like we're sitting here right now, and you see this, but that's not what it's like at home. What's fascinating to me about marriage is that you get this opportunity with one person (laughs) for all of your life to get to see them in their moments and their highs and their lows, but also in the depths of them. Like other people just don't get to see or experience. And there are moments when that's just so mind-blowing to me that you so know Kathy in a way that just no one else does. Mm -hmm. And you can say, you know, I can try to explain it at this table, you know, and Jonathan was trying to explain it, you know, what Megan's like at home, but you get the honor yeah. of that. Part of me is like, God, you're just so cool where we get people, friendships and relationships, but we get one person mm-hmm. where you just get the depths of them. And I'm like, oh, it's so beautiful. It's a little not a sidebar, but maybe a comment. I had my own thoughts about marriage when, before we got married. I loved Kathy enough to marry her. But I had five years later, I adored her. Okay, I really felt like our relationship grew, but there's certain things that she did at uh, that time. We lost a, uh, a child, and her strength was amazing. I stood, sat back and I, where it was so devastating, and she was so strong. I just sat back and looked at her, and I fell in love with her all over again. I didn't know what to say. I was proud that she was my wife. And I was so grateful that God had given her to me. I don't know if I've ever shared that with you. Your actions say it every day. (laughs) You tell me you love me, and you give me great hugs, and I know you love me. It's like the notebook. (laughs) Or wait, I never saw that movie. It probably ends bad. You have not? (laughs) It's a great movie. How? I don't know why. I made it without seeing the notebook. I read the book and watched the movie. Is it oh, a happy really? Yeah, if they die or something, the I don't want to watch it. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, she gets Alzheimer's at the end oh. of their life, and he writes the story of their love. Well, don't don't tell me because I might watch it. <laughs> Maybe. Oh my it, God. it has a really good ending. <laughs> okay, just so it has a good ending. It has a good ending. 
So you guys have been married for a really long time. You raised five kids. You have a bonus kids. So you've gone through a lot of life with your kids. Mm -hmm. Tell us about a struggle that you guys had and how you... I will say up front, Ron and I have probably only had five bad fights in our entire marriage. You can count them on one hand. And they never lasted long. I'm Irish. I have a temper. I blow up. (laughs) And he's very patient, uh, very loving. And he's willing to say he's sorry before I do, which makes it easier for me to say it because I can get very stubborn too. But he's a rock. He's a very quiet, stable person. So when I'm my Irish side is blasting all over walls and and splattering people with blood and gore. I'm, <laughs> it's uh, it's you know, not he, quite that. Not <laughs> only five times in your whole life. Five times, yeah. <laughs> I, I threw something at him once, but yeah, when it's we would have arm. a disagreement, one of our rules in our marriage was we never fight in front of the children. So by the time you get behind closed doors to talk it out. Sometimes you've cooled down a little bit. You've learned a different perspective. And to be honest, most of our our arguments were about the kids. A slightly different perspective on how to discipline or what is permissible in their lifestyles, things like that. But really, on all our cores, we lined all those up before we were even married. We knew, except for Lord, which I accepted after we were married, but even that strengthened. You know, we wanted a large family. We wanted to be close. We wanted to go to church. We wanted to be heavily involved with not only our immediate family, but our extended family. We didn't want to close people out. We always wanted to include the men. So all those core things were already decided within us. That, I think, made it I mean, we had some rocky times, yes, but it was always, I think, outside stuff, circumstances. We almost lost the business twice. We had a child that had two heart surgeries. We had one that was hospitalized for over a week with an extremely strange case of mono, and they were trying to figure out what it was. We had lots and lots of car accidents Ron was in and rushing to the hospital. A lot, he had a lot of surgeries. None of them were my fault. <laughs> <laughs> like, it wasn't me. No, that's true. But I don't think our disagreements were ever really internal. They were more external affecting us and how do we get through it, problem solving. How did you guys work through those external problems that you had? I learned a very important word yes, year. <laughs> no, no, no. The things that we we were concerned about is we that we had really strong uh, an argument over were really important items, and really most of the time Kathy was right. She had to bring it to my attention. Um, we had in our, our early in our marriage, Liz was probably two years old. We went to Goshen, Indiana, to minister there. I wanted to work in the ministry full time, but the situation there was a little bit tough in the sense that I mean we had amazing results. I mean. Mind you, God did some amazing things. But in the middle of that, really, the enemy attacked our relationship through other people. And what we were trying to do was just difficult. When she got pregnant with Becky, uh, she wanted to go home. And so I had a decision to make. My heart wants to be in full-time ministry. The campus ministry is absolutely going bonkers. 
and everything's going right. But my wife was in turmoil. She wanted to be home to have this baby and felt like, you know, we need, was, we accomplished everything that God asked us to do there, and it was time for us to go home. So I had to, oh man, that was really, really tough. Here was the funny part. He said, you know, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to go home. He said, well, I want to stay. I said, well, I am going home. He goes, where are you going? I said, I'm going to your parents' house. I was moving in with his parents. <laughs> and it was like, okay, maybe we ought to go home and talk to mom and dad for a bit. His parents were a real rock because I lost mine very early in our marriage. And so mom and dad did a weekend of counseling with us to help us work through. He wanted to go into full-time ministry. I thought it was awful. But then again, we were living in a ministry house with nine other people and trying to raise. And I had, Liz was 18 months at the time, yep. and we had no income. I'd be wanting to go home too. Mom. I wanted to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to buy diapers. <laughs> so, yeah. But we worked it through. You know, mom and dad were great. We both listened, we heard each other. And I know um, one of the things we continue to do throughout our marriage is things get hectic when kids are little, teenagers even. You don't have that quiet time where it's just you and your spouse. So we came up with this interesting thing where we would get into bed at night. We would just hug each other for about five minutes until we got calmed down and the day passed. And then we would just talk. The lights were out. We were just hugging, and we would just talk, and we would talk our way through the whole day. Any problems, any issues, and then at the end, we would pray with each other, and then we'd go to bed. That really helped, at least for me, because he was out and about a lot. He was on the road a lot, building his business. I was stuck home with a bunch of kids. I didn't have an adult to talk to. He was it. So the only quiet time, alone time I got was when we finally climbed into bed. That helped me get through a bunch of speed bumps on the way. So Kathy, you mentioned one of your rules was no fighting in front of the kids. Mm -hmm. Did you have other rules that you guys tried to abide by in your marriage? There was no such word as divorce. We decided that before we set our wedding vows. We were in it until one of us died. There are days when I wanted to dig a grave in the back of the farm, but you know. <laughs> Help that process along. Yep. <laughs> no, it doesn't doesn't really happen. Like I said, I, I tried to be his biggest cheerleader, his support base. It's true. And he took care of providing the income. And he was always he carried that burden lightly. When a lot of guys want their wives to work and help financially, I can remember I'd started back to work because now our kids are grown and we've got grandkids. So Hunter, our first grandson, Liz puts him in a daycare here in Columbiana. And I'm not going to say anything bad about it. It was just every time I'd go to pick him up, the kids were crying. I finally bundled Hunter into the car one day and I came home in tears and I said, Ron, I want to quit, I want to stay home, and I want to raise our grandson. And he looked at me, he goes, okay. And that was a big financial sacrifice on our part, but we decided together that's 
direction our life is going to be. And I've been raising kids for 42 years years now. now. So still babysitting, still helping to raise Grace and Attica. Her grandchildren adore her. Some days I'm jealous. (laughs) I'm G, but Grammy's the, the one. (laughs) <laughs> that they absolutely adore, and and, and re- with rightly so. She she invests so much time into our regular kids and our grandchildren. Mm. It amazes me. I stand back and watch. I fall in love with her all over again. Mm. As we get older, that's what happens. There's there's there are bumps, you know, in growth. And I think we're going through right now decisions. We're going of a lot through of another evolution. Evolution right of, and, and relationship growth. I got to tell you, you know, I like kissing her. It's really nice. <laughs> I mean, this is going to be interesting good. when people listen to this, but it's the truth. Right. Kissing is, is a really good thing. And you say, well, what kind of rules do you have? Well, when I want to kiss you, you kiss me back and kiss me good. <laughs> that's, that's a rule. Other words, that's a great rule. No cute little peck because, on the cheek. No, that's, just, that's waste of time. <laughs> For sure. But Kathy's had, she's a saint. She's allowed me to do things in our relationship and in our marriage that a few women do. I, I did a lot, so many years of coaching of various baseball. And she knows that, that those things made me happy and that, you know, working with young men and seeing them grow and everything else was well her investment in me. And she really supported me in all those things. And that's, that's not easy. But that was one of the things, one of the five that was there. It was time for me to to pull out of that. The company was growing and stuff. Oh, yeah, by the way, and this is something in that previous story, before we left uh, Goshen, God had given me a, a prophetic word that I would be in my own business. Fire Force was a result of that, and it's taken other people in mm-hmm. and blessed them as well. So that occurred within three months when we returned, and uh, a pretty much of a miracle. So that helped a lot when God gets involved in those things. But right. Cass has always allowed me to invest myself in people, invest myself in the things that are just like here at the church, you know, feel like I, I want to invest myself in that, see people grow. And um, if you're with your spouse, you're not agreeing on that, it doesn't work. It has, it has to be unanimous. There's no, we'll table this. There's no tabling. We made that decision together that, um, you know, I was not going to pour myself into coaching full time. So you've mentioned that you're entering a new season of your life. Can you guys talk to us about that season that you're in right now? Well, it kind of happened pretty quickly. Last June, Ron was diagnosed with my stevia gravis, which is a progressive neurological disease, autoimmune. And it has made us think how we are going to handle the next few years. We have a 20-acre farm, and he has a a business that is on the farm. We have a 3,000-square-foot home. He's not going to be able to keep up with it all, all at once. So what do we step back from right now? How do we position ourselves to succeed, but we want the company also to succeed? There's been a lot of decisions, and we're still making decisions. It's it's like a ball of wax. As one thread starts to unravel, you realize you've got three more that you still have to deal with. You know, God is still in control. Ron went remission in 2008 from this. God can still do that again. But if that's not our path this time, then we know God walks right beside us, right between us. He holds us together, and He will provide. So I'm not scared of what the next 10, 20 years hold, 
but I want to make sure that we don't leave our kids a big mess either. So being the bean counter, I am lining up all our ducks trying to get things taken care of, and Ron is kicking and screaming the whole way. <laughs> oh, is that that extra noise you were hearing? <laughs> yes, that's true. Yes. That's true. See, I can do it all still. It, it's, it's against my nature that, you know, during the day I'm supposed to be taking a nap. What a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're looking towards that. But even in this, you know, compared to some, a lot of other people and a lot of other things, this is, this is minor. And it's something that we know because of our past experiences. I guess that, that's what I'm trying to say is that because in a relationship, you're building strong blocks and you're building solid foundations. And you do those, you always can come back to those. And they, they never get you off the path if you just come back where you, you feel the last time you met God right there. You know, for us, that's what we do a lot. We, we know we know where God is. He has spoken to us. We've heard his voice. We know that he can do all things. We have no doubts in that. So then you can relax in what the next thing is coming. I think that's even been strengthened in our relationship. I mean, some people say you can't strengthen anything and you've been 46 years together. That's not true. Our marriage is progressing and changing, and we continue to to enjoy one another, and we continue to work on things together. So God's been good to us. But do we have some bumps to go through? Yeah. Well, God's the key. So, Ron, talk to us how. I mean, you're gushing over Kathy anyhow, but <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> tell, tell I, us some more about Kathy. How, how is she, especially in this season of a major change for you, because it's hard for you, you're a go-getter and a mover and a shaker and don't want the grass to grow under your feet. And now you're in a season where the doctor is probably like, you need to take a nap. <laughs> How is she letting her light shine in your marriage right now? Her consistency. You know, we don't tease about it, but I don't call her a nag. But yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm, I'm learning new ways to say yes, dear. <laughs> for, for Kathy, she stays consistent all the time. I know right where she's at, and she doesn't have to say anything. I'm mad at you. And I don't go away. I just sort of snuggle up. <laughs> but, you know, but really, I mean, that's, that's sort of how we go about things. And she's a constant reminder of the things that I need to grow in. That's, that's important. Not only my best friend, but she's my confidant, and she also has a lot of wisdom. Uh, that part in this, this time we're going through right now, we're seeking God's wisdom as you can see the words and stuff that God's given. We're still trying to figure out what the farm's going to be. And I think, you know, when God finally reveals all that, it's going to be a whole lot easier. But on my end, I'm trying to make help Kathy stay patient to see how this unfolds. And Kathy's reminding me of the things that I need to do in our relationship, too. Because she does put a lot into the grandkids and everything else. And to answer yours really clearly, Kathy opens the door so that lots of times I can see Jesus a whole lot better. She's faithful to her word. She reads constantly. And she's, she continues to educate herself. Those are things I totally respect. And how about Ron? How's he shining in your marriage right now? I would say he helps me keep my perspective. He helps all of us keep our perspective. He has a quirky sense of humor, and if things get stressful, Ron finds a way to make us laugh. It kind of helps blow off steam. When we are trying to figure out a very tangled problem, he has a mind that can think outside the box, and something I never would have thought of, 
he can give me a completely different perspective. Not only just personal life, but our business life also. I don't, I don't understand how we're going to do this. And he goes, oh, we can just do this, this, and this. And, it, and I thought, oh my gosh, it's right there in front of you, but you don't <laughs> see it. But he can see that. I think for me, Ron is, has always been my greatest joy. He is my best friend. The longer we walk together, the stronger we grow together. And that's not just us, but it's the fact that we walk with the Lord. As you walk and grow in the Lord, you also walk and grow in a marriage with the Lord. Yeah, he's, he's my joy. He makes me laugh. He keeps me sane. He gives me perspective and balances me when I need it. What would you say your advice is for couples that don't feel like they're best friends? Actually, our one daughter was engaged. She asked me one day, she goes, Mom, how do you know you've got the right one? And I said, you have to marry your best friend. He has to be the guy. It's the first phone call when something happy happens. It's the first phone call when something tragic happens. I have seen marriages in our family where they did not marry equally yoked, and they have been extremely hard and harsh and difficult to watch your children go through that. We continue to pray. It, God is cool because the one one marriage we've really been praying about, God kind of came in the back door. It's um, that discussion about the Lord, and, and that's coming through one of their children now. Ron has given words about uh, one of our grandchildren would be the difference in a marriage. Sure enough, it has been. So your turn. Well, number one is they've got to get down to the core. You start with Jesus. Okay, If you're not willing to relate through that channel, it's very difficult. The uh, statistics indicate that people unto themselves, marriages unto themselves, don't last long. You've got to have a, a reason beyond yourselves. And that's that friendship thing. Both people that are not friends with one another, they have something already built relationally. Maybe not have a foundation in the Lord at that point, but the opportunity is a lot easier. But you've got to start with that foundation. And if you have to go backwards, do it. Do it. If marriage means a whole lot to you and you're not friends yet, then look at somebody else that, has fr- that are friends. Go find Kathy and, Kathy and I and ask her, why, you know, how can you be friends? I said, what does it mean to be friends? How does that work out in a relationship, a marriage relationship? And it does because that friendship helps to stabilize you and keeps your vision and focus on the right things. But I could not imagine going into a marriage without the stability of the Lord at the very foundation of things. And he'll help you to learn to be a friend. I think the definition of that is if I'm willing, and I always say this to the couples that we've talked to over the years, basically, if, if you're not willing to give up all of you to me, and I'm not willing to give up me to you, then it's not time to get married yet. That's something precious and has to be that way. And that's the way God intended those marriages to be. That I'm willing to be everything I'm going to give you all myself, and then you give yourself to me. Mm. And I tell you what, awesome stuff can happen. But I do believe that if you're, if you're not friends, back up. Find out how you can do that, because that is a key formula for a successful marriage. In marriage these days, I mean, it's like little things like money get in the way really fast, you know, and they destroy marriages because 50% of people that argue about money, they, they get divorced. They need to back up 
anybody out there that needs to back up, do it. Put God first in there. Read the Word. Find good people to stand around that are examples and allow that to come through. Any other advice you have for people in the thick of marriage that feels like it's hard? Well, I, I do one thing with Kath and my father. My dad was a very, really a good father. I mean, I, I'm blessed. But he, he taught me how to adore my wife. And I, I'm hoping that I've done some of that with our own kids. But I love going out and grabbing flowers, even though they're going to die. I, I give Kathy flowers a couple times a month. Not that she asks for anything. I'll do that just because it's just, you know, it makes her happy. I just know that's something on her happy list that, that's there. And so I come home often with uh, with flowers. Valentine's Day doesn't mean anything to me because I, I, Valentine's Day works out all year round. Mine's Kathy every time I read flowers that I love her. Yeah, you do. For somebody in an unhappy marriage or unequally yoked, I think... The most important thing would be find your happy place with the Lord. If you can find that peace within yourself that you can get through whatever it is you have to go through to get your spouse on the other side, and that can be days, months, years, decades. I think if you can find that strength with you and the Lord, you will be okay because ultimately it's just you and the Lord. At the very end, in the very beginning, it was you and the Lord. In the very end, it's going to be you and the Lord. Find that happy spot where it's you and the Lord talking, God's advising, God's whispering in your ear. He gives us wisdom. It's one of the first things He created before He created the world. If He thought wisdom was that important, He will impart that to you. And He said it's a free gift. Just ask. How about you say a prayer? Bless everybody out there who's yeah we can do that father even now that we know you're reaching your hand out to so many so many to be listening to this podcast father i ask that you anoint it that it would bring restoration to families and relationships with between husband and wives i pray for wisdom in each one of their their times together that, that father you would open new love doors for them that they would find ways to love one another a whole lot better Father, I just ask as, as this week goes on that you would bring joy, you would pour that out in abundance, that you would bring restoration, that, Father, you would bring happiness to those that are in relationship. And those that are struggling in a relationship, Father, I ask a, a double blessing for them. Well, amen to that. And thank you so much for coming in and sharing your story. You guys set the bar high and I think it's great to be able to look at couples who have been together for 46 years and still are having fun and still are in love and still are working through new issues that come up and just continuing to press in and be faithful and loyal. You guys are such a blessing to our church and your blessing to your family and we just really appreciate you sharing part of your story with us tonight. Thanks. So this was this was great for us, too. I really felt the presence of the Lord here. And uh, you two ladies, I, I know God loves you for doing these. We love you, too. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, I love listening to these. They're so uplifting and inspiring. Just a little shot of sunshine each week. Make sure you tune in next week for another special couple. Bye. Bye. Bye.